welcome to the Moms on Maternity YouTube show and podcast. I'm Amy Cruz, and today we have on Talitha Phillips. She is the CEO of Claris Health and a labor and postpartum doula. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. You too. You too. So how long have you been a labor and postpartum doula? And did you become a labor and postpartum doula at the same time or become one first and then the other? It's a good question. Um, so I have been doing this for 20, almost 21 years. I started in 2001 and I actually started as a labor doula, te technically as a labor doula first. And then um, as I was training to become a labor doula, I got my first sort of accidental postpartum client for twins um, as what we used to call night nursing, which now is more postpartum doula, newborn care specialist. So yeah, I started that around the same time. So, so did you have to get additional certifications to be a postpartum doula or do you just kind of like fall, it fell into your lap? Uh, you know, so for me, it sort of fell into my lap. Nowadays, there's a lot more training available. So a lot of my training at the time was, you know, infant CPR, the twins I worked for came home on apnea monitors. They were born really early. So I took some training on that. Um, and then I just sort of continued taking various postpartum classes, but it wasn't as official back then as it is now. Does it, so do you have to be certified now? Should we only be looking for, a, if someone says they're a doula, can we trust them or do we need to see a certification? You know, it doesn't hurt to see something. I mean, it was interesting. I never showed anyone my certificate until a few years ago. And I had to reach out to the person that trained me and we're like, oh, I have a different last name. And it was just such a funny thing because back then nobody ever asked. Yeah. Um, and now I've had a few hospitals ask for my doula certificate to come into the hospital. So I do have one now. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of times, you know, in an interview, just asking questions, you'll find out how much the, you know, the person's knowledge and their training and what they're, what they're experienced in. Okay. So when did you start Claris Health? All in the same year. So 2001 was a very big year. So I actually started working. I started working at Claris. Um, at the time, it was a much smaller organization. Um, but I started as the director. And our my assistant at the time, so we were so small, it was just two of us, she was pregnant and went to have a baby at UCLA, Santa Monica. And during her birth, a nurse said to me, you should become a doula. You're so good at this. You were so calming. It was a really crazy induction. And um, I had no idea at the time what a doula was. And so I looked into all of it. And so I started my training. I think I started at Claris in May. I started my doula training, I believe in June of 01. And, um, and then in August had my first postpartum client before I was even done with my labor training. So and it all you, happened. And became CEO. Yeah, so I've been at Claris since, yeah, my 20th anniversary was last year. And so, yeah, started as director. And then as the company grew and grew in size and budget and programs and medical licensing, yeah, my title eventually changed to CEO. Wow, congratulations. How big is the organization? We, so our budget, when I started, we were at like 90,000 and now we're at around 2 million. Um, we have about 24. 20 to 24 employees, just depending and three 
locations. We have a clinic in South LA, West LA, a mobile clinic, and then like a parent support center where we do a lot of our parenting classes and groups and, and other support. So tell us a little bit more. So what I saw on your website, I said some of your services are even free or affordable. So what kind of like model are you? Um, it's a really good question. What model? I mean, I think our, our, almost everything is free. So the only time we ask for a donation is if somebody is coming for um, long-term therapy services, we'll ask for whatever they can afford just to meet with their therapist. And then if it's STD testing and the person has insurance, but they choose to come to us, we just ask for reimbursement. Everything else is free. So, so are our you model, we're, yeah, we're sort of like my parent. We do some similar services. And then our model is really, so we are there before, during, and after pregnancy. So everything we do is sort of the prevention side before being there during, and then after for many years. So a lot of our families are with us for five, six, seven years. Um, all of our services go until the child is five. So if somebody chooses to parent, we have everything until that child turns five. Um, but then often there will be another baby and then that person's with us, you know, another five years. So some families have been with us for a really long time. So Others come. Sorry, well, I was going to ask what kind of services are they getting when their children are, you know, like one, two, three, four. Yeah, um, mostly parenting classes. So they come to us for weekly or monthly classes, therapy services, um, we build a whole community where it's very peer to peer. So they get to know other parents and, but yeah, most people come to us for uh, monthly classes for many years and wow. they get to pick which ones they want to come to. So it could be, we've grouped some by age. So it might be potty training. Now they're in the potty training phase or preparing for preschool, or it could be nutrition. We have volunteer teachers that teach, you know, how to buy your first home and how to save money you know so it's so, I mean, very it, I mean, given that your model is, is free to affordable or donation based I mean are you impacted is it over full yeah some of our classes are are really full um for years everyone always said Clarice is the best kept secret because yeah. when people find out about us they're so excited but you know we're not on every street corner we don't um you know our budget is still relatively small especially for marketing and things like that but um our greatest resource is just word of mouth our you know patients and clients love it and tell their friends and so we do get a lot of referrals and then a lot of other social service agencies refer to us we work with about 250 partners in the city so if somebody comes to us and has a need, which is that's so critical in LA, like you might come to us, but you need housing or domestic violence services or job training, then we work with these 250 other partners to make sure that it's a very warm handoff so that you get the things you need. And it's funded by grants? All private donations. So we get, or almost entirely privately funded, we get a little reimbursement from Medi-Cal, but yeah, so uh, small grants. We do one big fundraiser every October that raises about 600,000. So about a, you know, almost a third of our, a little over a third of, or a little under a third of our budget, um, monthly donors, but yeah, just very generous, committed people who support the work. That's incredible. Um, so. What a great story. 
And so in terms of like prenatal support and prenatal help, are you guys replacing then the need to see like a traditional OBGYN every couple months? So we have a, some people come to us and they just find out they're pregnant and then we are able to sort of transfer them for ongoing care. And then we have a prenatal model. It's really incredible. It's called Centering Pregnancy and it's group-based prenatal care. So we have a nurse practitioner or a certified nurse midwife that run the groups. And so for the entire pregnancy, you're in a group with other women who are due around the same time as you. So it's, I mean, I wish I had had something like this when I had my first child, but you, so it's very group-based. You show up, um, you get to pick some of the conversational topics of the day. It's a lot of self sort of, they have their own journal. So they get to chart their own weight, their blood pressure. Um, they get, I think 15 or so minutes alone with the provider and then everything else happens in a group. So if you think about it, it's almost like you're getting a childbirth class every time you're getting counseling, you're getting your questions answered and you have a community of other women who are going through the same thing. So you can ask, you know, are your feet swollen too? Or what are you doing about this or what aversion? So this done on zoom or in person or both users. Um, right now it's, we're back in person. So the groups are small. Um, there was a time, you know, in 2020 where it went to zoom for a little while or a lot of one-on-one, but we're back in, and in then person. What about for the actual birth? So then there we, most of our women deliver at um, MLK hospital, which is a midwife run hospital. And so it's a very smooth handoff. So we do the entire prenatal care and then they're delivered there, or they can go to another hospital. And then we have other doctors at other hospitals that we work with where they would then expect them and, Mm -hmm. and deliver them. So, so are most of your births natural and not cesarean or does, do you guys, is there any factoring there? I mean, I think we do have really good birth outcomes, but there are always situations where somebody becomes high risk. It's a very low risk program. So if somebody becomes high risk, we have to transfer them out. And that does happen. Um, you know, it might be blood pressure. It might be, um, you know, something in the pregnancy that is out of their control that then we do have to pass them on. And, but a lot, we do have a lot of natural births. Um, I think there's something really sweet just when somebody goes in to deliver and they feel very educated and empowered and they know what's happening to them, then if it ends up in a C-section, at least they feel like that was necessary and not like it just happened to me. Right. You know, I think that uh that's. And and ultrasounds, gosh, I haven't been pregnant. My boys are now four and seven. So remind me, but a standard ultrasound is done how frequently in a pregnancy? So Typically, and every doctor makes their own decision, but typically Uh you only need one in the first trimester. So most often they're done somewhere between eight and 12 weeks. And then that 20 week is that big diagnostic scan. And then they'll sometimes do one sort of at the end, just to verify is the head still down, you know, all of those things. But And is that a service that Claris provides? Yeah. So we do a lot of first trimester scans just to verify pregnancy is the baby in the uterus, all of that. And then if they stay with us, we don't do the 20 week. We said most people send them to a maternal fetal medicine specialist. And then if they stay with us and there's a reason for another one, we can do another one, but we sort of follow the main guidelines that first trimester 20 week. And then, okay. um, but some doctors, I mean, when I was pregnant, my doctor did one every time. And when I would go to the doctor, 
Yeah. You know, it was interesting. Really? And yeah. others were like, yeah. you really don't need that. It's, well, wait, and so what, you just said a maternal fetal development specialist is who you refer out to for 20 weeks? Uh, maternal fetal medicine, MFM. And that's I, who a lot of people. Is that a new field? I'm, I feel so out of touch. So is that someone that specializes in ultrasounds that's not part of a large health system? No, there. Another word for them is perinatologist. You heard oh, of a okay. perinatologist? I think I've heard of that, but I still wasn't. Is it private practice or is it like? Um, are they sort of? What's the model on that? So, uh, you know, some some doctors' offices have a perinatologist that works with them. Others will be referred out to them. So, like, I had to go to one. Um, at Cedars because they thought something was wrong. Well, there was something wrong with my placenta. So then they referred me there or the genetic, when you have the genetic Mm -hmm. testing, you'll often see a perinatal or that's who will might read that diagnostic scan. And then your doctor might give you the. So the idea of a a labor doula, having someone sort of in the labor room with you to kind of help you get through that process. Is that some um, service that you guys offer? Yes. So we work so Claris doesn't provide like our staff don't do the doula work just so that we can keep it clean and refer to others. But we have several volunteer doulas. There are a lot of organizations that provide free or very low cost doula services. And then really sweet. Some of our former patients have gone on and become doulas wow. and are now giving back by offering that. Do you recommend that women have a doula there? Um, Is it something that you're like, yes, it's required? Or who do you think is the right? How do you know if you should get a doula or not? I think it's always helpful to have a doula there. But if you can't have a doula, having some other presence there that is not intimately involved, you know, whether it's, you know, the woman and her partner, and then you have somebody else there that's just there to care for you that understands. Sometimes I feel like the doula is sort of the bridge between, you know, in the best case scenario, you're the bridge between the medical system and the family, and you're able to help translate some of the information you're able to help advocate, but you're also there to just care more for the emotional needs, which nobody, most people aren't trained to do that. So I think it's always incredible. I mean, I think every, I just had a birth on, gosh, what day is it? Monday. Um, baby was born Sunday or it's Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. This is what happens when you never sleep. I'm like, I don't know what day it is, but on Sunday, I had a birth and I mean, it's so every time, I mean, I've done hundreds of these at the end, I'm just so thankful for the process. And the nurse said to me, um, it was really sweet. She said at the end, I'm so glad that doulas are back. She said, you help so much because they're understaffed right now. The nurse had to leave several times. We had a, there was a bit of a scary moment with the mom. I ran out, was able to get the nurse. They wouldn't have caught it because, you know, it was after the baby was born. So there was, well, there was no monitoring happening at that point. Right. So just to have something that's like, wait, this isn't normal. I'm going to go get help. And then, you know, there were a lot of things where, you know, they're just not, a, they're, they're understaffed at the moment. And so having somebody that's like, Hey, I'm just here for you. You wow. know, I, what wow. do you need? And then yeah. to say to the nurse, like, how can I help you is, is it's been really sweet how to see it, it when it works well. How long were doulas not allowed? So every hospital was different, but 
many of them, it was from like March of 2020 to the end of the year. So some of them, it was almost a year. Some, it was seven months. Some allowed them back and then kicked them out again. Um, And then there were a few like MLK. That was one of the nice things. MLK in in South LA never stopped allowing doulas. So that was nice. And so, so you guys really focus, um, women mostly come to you probably when they, um, are thinking of becoming pregnant or think they might be pregnant. Um, and then you're talking about how then they stay with you for parenting support and classes. Um, I saw you guys specialize in, in mental health as well. And I know you talked about that's the area that sometimes, you know, that people make their donations for, cause it's a little bit more of a, what, what kind of uh, mental health services? So we use uh, marriage and family therapist, um, MFT interns, and then we have a supervisor. So typically we have everything from, you know, during the pandemic, we actually started seeing a lot of teenagers where parents would call us and say their teenagers were not doing well, not being in school, a lot of anxiety. So we deal with like anxiety, depression. We often counsel a lot of couples who you know, went through this unintended pregnancy and then, you know, some of them will choose to parent. And then how do you choose to co-parent if you're not in a relationship? So we provide some of that. Sometimes it's a little trickier. Somebody might come to us, but they have a history of a pregnancy loss or um, a past adoption or some situation where they then want specialized counseling. Um, yeah, we see a lot. And then, and then really tragic situations. We have somebody who's, you know, the, her boyfriend was killed and, um, you know, so processing through the grief or family challenges, we offer that those therapy services to extended family as well. So sometimes it's parents, grandparents, grandparents, raising children, you know, there's all sorts of. So in general, would you say that, um, you know, the best type of person to come to, to Claris for support and guidance and connection is generally, um, you know, do, would they need to be like income qualified or really do you not really care? We don't care. I think that's one of the really nice things about not being a government funded facility. And that's part of why we've made some of the choices we have is that we don't have to be strict in who we can and can't see. I think, especially in a city like this, Somebody might have a job, but as you know, in LA, you know, having a job and you can still be considered poor. Even yeah, if you yeah, make... no, it's hard. It's hard out there. Yeah. That's why I was surprised. When I was like, you guys must be like, have a wait list out the door. It sounds incredible. <laughs> like too good to be true. Yeah. Some, you know, some of our programs do and, and then we're able to space it. I mean, I think one of the things that is really great about our model is we we do spend time with people. So when you come here, it's not the three minutes with your provider. Like you can ask questions and we schedule our appointments to allow that. Amazing. Um, and yeah, definitely. Wow. Um, and you guys are based in LA, obviously serving most of uh, the LA region. Um, you mentioned something about mobile. Yes. Yeah, so our, we have a mobile medical clinic. It's a 30 foot, um, really, really cool unit that drives around the city. And we provide services. Um, we also do just general health screenings, STD testing, pregnancy testing. We can do ultrasound. Um, and those services, we typically will partner with other organizations and bring the mobile. So it might be a um, 
substance abuse, like a rehab facility, and then we'll go there. It could be a housing community. It could be a transitional age youth center. So we bring the mobile and then they just sign people up for the day and we do the medical services and then we're able to leave. And so it's great. It's an incredible, we, the mobile has been great. Um, yeah. So are you, are you, um, are you able to provide medications if someone does find themselves with STD? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we provide treatment as well. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. And um, how, so um, was your goals today for the podcast just to get more awareness of the incredible services you guys provide? Are you looking for funding? When, what is um, some of your goals? Yeah, I, I mean, I mainly getting the word out. Is I think the best thing, you know, being in this city and I do know there's so much need and I feel like the needs are getting, you know, even bigger and and greater every year. So yeah, just that people know that we're here for them. Um, We always, I mean, if anybody is passionate about what we do or or wants to support, that'd be amazing. Go to our website and learn more about us. But I love, just love what you stand for and just this idea of education and just empowering people through this incredible season of pregnancy. I think one of the beautiful things about being a doula is that I, you know, I see it here. We do work with a lot of lower income women, but then I also am a doula for a lot of celebrities and how this idea of pregnancy and birth and parenting connects all of us, that it doesn't matter how much money you have. doesn't matter if you're often, it doesn't matter if you're married or not, all these things. It, everyone struggles with the same things. Right. You know, we all want to know, are we doing this? Are we doing the right thing? Are we all feel inadequate in so many ways? We all don't want to, we want to know we're not alone. And so I think I love seeing whether it's a 16 year old girl in South LA or a 45 year old woman, you have a lot of the same questions. And I love that because so I think true. it's so unifying and it's so beautiful and we need each other. Are there organizations like yours um, in other cities, or is this a very like West Coast kind of progressive thing? It's incredible, really. <laughs> um, there are some. Like I'm in a, a a leadership group with some others. There's one in New York that I love that I work with. Um, so I think what's what makes us unique is there aren't very many that do that are as as comprehensive as we are. Mm -hmm. A lot of people take one slice of the pie. And in certain, I'm from Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, there's so many other agencies that fill in a lot of the gaps. But Mm -hmm. so you have to know your city and know what you need. And so in a city like this, we needed to be this comprehensive. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's what makes me feel like, I feel like a lot of the audience of the show um, are, you know, moms of maternity are in San Diego is, you know, do you might, yeah. would you accept people coming up from like San Diego or is it really kind of tailored to your community? No, I mean, we'll accept people anywhere. I think one of the things that we're doing and is we're trying to launch referral networks in other cities. And so what we're trying to do is look at a city and say, what resources are there in that city and how can we connect them more? Because that I'll tell you that the 200 and something partners that we have, we're now training all of them. Here's how you care for pregnant women in, in a very empathetic, loving way. And then we're putting together this referral network where we can even provide some virtual services. So if you need the counseling or the, the specific things, we can provide that virtually, but then we'll have a local network so they can go and get all the other local services. So that's something we're actually launching one in Austin, Texas this year. So what would um, be in your and- local services? 
So like if we were going to come to San Diego, I would look at, you know, okay, who's doing an incredible job at housing and job training and um, birth classes and all these things. And then we would try to get all of, you know, a network of organizations together. And then we're trying to create this portal where we put everyone in a portal so you can go to your city and find what you need. And then we can provide the virtual counseling if they need very specific Mm -hmm. things where you're like, I want to talk to somebody that is trained. Um, And then we would come to the agencies and train them in how to talk to women and especially challenging pregnancies that how we approach them says a lot and helping them really feel, you know, supported through the process and, and knowing that they're not alone. And then just one final question. If you are going to hire a doula, what is like the most important three questions you ask in your interview? Oh my gosh. Such a good question. Um, so, I mean, I will say a lot of the, a lot of picking the right doula is just chemistry. It's if you are, a calm person and your doula is very hyper, it's probably not going to be a great fit, you know? (laughs) So I think sometimes it's just, it doesn't really matter what you say. It's how, how they answer the question. Mm -hmm. But I think some really important questions are, um, you know, tell me a little bit about your sort of philosophy to birth. I think you learn a lot in that because there are some people that are very, um, invested in the outcome. And then there are others that care more about the process, you know? So I think there are some who are really, you know, the fact that you have a vaginal natural birth is so important to them. And there are others that are like, look, I'm help. I'm here to help you along the way. And look, if you choose an epidural or if you choose, I'm still going to be there to support you through that. I think that's an important question to get answered. And then I think another important one is just tell me a little bit about what your role is through the process. When do you come in? You know, what can I expect from you? And, um, So I guess that's two. And then probably the third question would be, uh, this is a question I get asked a lot and I love this. Um, What's my partner's role? If I hire you, what are they doing? I think it's a really good question because I think you want somebody that says, oh yeah, their role is really important too. Like I'm not, (laughs) I'm not here to do everything, right? I'm here to create the space for you two to be in a, in a groove and I'm supporting you. And then there are times that you're like to make your partner feel more calm. (laughs) Yeah. Come and there are times that I might say to them, "Why don't you go take a nap?" You know, because you are, or or you know, hey, you hold her hand and I'm gonna rub her back. You know, there's it's a teamwork. Um, and then I guess I did buy one last question, and so that's really a labor a labor doula. And then what about how do yes. you um what about for postpartum? How is a postpartum doula? What should what when when do you know like that might be something I want versus maybe starting to look for an actual nanny or more of a house manager or something like that? Yeah. So I think part of the postpartum, so a traditional postpartum doula will often care for mom and baby. So if that's something you're looking for, typically that's like a daytime person, right? You might want somebody that comes and helps you cook and shows you breastfeeding and does all that. The other, so I always ask people like, what is your goal? Or is it more that you want to get sleep at night and you want somebody to come in? So that's more what I do is I do overnight. So I come in and try to help create good habits and patterns that allow baby to sleep at night, 
That makes get a total lot of feedings sense. In. I've never heard someone say it that simply, but I totally get that now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so that, that's the question I have to the family. Like, what is your goal? When, you know, when somebody wants to hire me, I'm like, what's, what's your goal here? And so then that helps me figure out, am I the right person for you? Cool. You know? And so I think, and then there are some times when someone will describe something and I'm like, oh, you really just need a nanny. Don't just get a nanny. Like if you just want an extra set of hands during the day, like you want to do everything, but you want help picking up your toddler from preschool and, you know, then that's more of a nanny, you know, yeah. the doula help you find and hire one, or that's not normally a role. No, unless mm-hmm. I have transitioned, I've had some families where I'm like, look, baby's sleeping great. You guys are doing amazing. You really don't need me. And then they're like, oh, but we don't want you to leave. I'm like, well, let's help you find a nanny. Yeah. Because <laughs> now, <laughs> now you need help during the day. So I have helped people find nannies. Yeah, cool. for sure. Well, but not, yeah. No, I see. But not what? That's not a standard. But that's not like yeah. a standard yeah. thing. No, no. Well, tell us that you are, I'm a huge fan of you and your work. I mean, congrats on everything you're doing. And thank you on behalf of the whole like women labor pregnancy community. It's really cool to hear about like Claris Health and how you guys are supporting women um, through a really innovative model. I mean, the fact that you've been able to to kind of fund it the way you have and support women the way you have is, is remarkable. So thank you. Thank you. So nice to meet you. For more, please visit www.mamthematernity.com.